Hello and welcome. My name is Rokib Bello, and I'm the host of Nigerian History Rokib, a podcast that explores the rich history of Nigeria and the impact it has had on the world. As somebody who's always been fascinated by African history and culture, I have dedicated my time and energy to sharing the stories of Nigeria's past with a wider audience. Through my podcast, I aim to educate and inspire others with the knowledge and insights I have gained from my research and travels. In each episode, I delve into different aspects of Nigerian history. From the pre-colonial era to the present day, I cover topics such as the slave trade, colonialism, independence, and the rise of African nationalism. I also discuss the contributions of key figures such as Aziweke, Awolowo, and others and the impact the leg- their legacy has had on the country and the continent. I believe that by better understanding our past, we can gain a better appreciation for the present and a clear vision for the future. I am committed to sharing the stories and perspectives that are often overlooked, and by providing a platform for vo- voices and perspectives that are often marginalized. So join me on this journey as we explore the rich history of Nigeria and the impact it has had on the world. Don't forget to follow me wherever you get my podcast or YouTube. And also comment down below how you guys think I'm doing. Any feedback would be very much appreciated. Don't forget to follow me on TikTok at Nigerian History Rokib for more exciting content and updates on my podcast and YouTube videos. Today's fun fact is that the Nigerian city of Ibadan had the largest concentration of brown roofs in the world. The roofs were originally made of iron sheets painted brown, which then became the symbol of the city's unique architectural style. Today we'll be talking about Atahiru I. Atahiru I's reputation as an intellectual warrior was well earned, and he spent much of his life honing both his mental and physical abilities. As a young man, Atihiru was known for his quick wit and his love for learning. He was a voracious reader and spent much of his free time studying the works of great Muslim philosophers and scholars. He was particularly interested in the works of Arab philosopher Ibn Khaldun, whose ideas about the cynical nature of history had a profound impact on Atihiru's own thinking. Despite his intellectual pursuits, Atihiru was a skilled horseman and warrior. He was trained in the art of warfare from a young age and clearly and quickly rose through the ranks of the Sokoto army. By the time he was in his early 20s, he had become one of the most respected commanders in the whole kingdom. In 1866, at the age of 24, Atihiru led an army of over 3,000 men into battle against the kingdom of Yari. Despite this vast, despite being vastly outnumbered, Atahiru and his troops were able to successfully defeat Yari, the Yari army and to take control of the city. This victory cemented Atahiru's reputation as a skilled commander and a fierce warrior. Over the next several years, Atahiru continued to lead successful campaigns on behalf of the Sokoro Kafiet. In 1875, he led a campaign against the Kingdom of Nupe, which disclaimer I have on my podcast for anybody interested in knowing the history about the Kingdom of Nupe. 
So he made so he led a campaign against the king of Nupe, which had been a long thorn in the side of the Sokoto Caliphate. Despite facing a well-trained and well-equipped army, Akihiro and his troops were able to emerge victorious, and he was hailed a hero upon his return to Guangdu. Atihiro's military successes were due in part to his keen strategic mind and his ability to adapt to changing circumstances. He was known for his innovative tactics, such as using decoys to confuse enemies, and he was always looking for ways to improve the effectiveness of his army. In addition to his military prowess, Atihiro was also a skilled diplomat. He was able to forge alliances with neighboring kingdoms and tribes which helped to strengthen the position of the Sokoro Kafiat in the region in the, late, in the late 1800s. Though soon their victory, would not, their victory and peace would not last for long, because also in the late 1800s, the British began their colonial expansion into Nigeria, and they quickly set their sights on the Sokoro Kafiat, which was one of the largest and most powerful kingdoms in the region. The British saw the Sokoro Kalfiat as a potential threat to their plans, and they began to step to bring the kingdom under their control. Atahiru, who had succeeded his father as Emir of Guandu in 1867, was well aware of the British threat. He knew that the British were determined to conquer the Sokoro Kalfiat, and he was equally determined to resist them. Atihiro recognized that the only way to protect his kingdom was to unite various Muslim kingdoms in the region and mount a united resistance against the British. Atihiro was able to convince the other emirs and rulers in the region to join forces against the British, and he quickly emerged as the leader of the resistance movement. He was able to forge alliances with neighboring kingdoms and tribes and he began to build a formidable army that was capable of standing up to the British. Atihiro knew that the key to defeating the British was to engage them in a battle before they had a chance to establish a foothold in the region. In 1903, he led an army of over 30,000 men in, into the battle against the British at the village of Burmi. The battle was fierce, and both sides suffered heavy losses, but Atihiro and his troops were ultimately victorious. The British were stunned by their defeat at Burmi, and they realized they were facing a formidable opponent. They regrouped and launched a counterattack, but Atihiro was prepared. He led his troops into battle against the British once again, and this time at the village of Makunkeli. The battle was intense but Atihiro's troops were able to repel the British assault and remain victorious. Atihiro's resistance against the British was not limited to military action alone. He also used diplomacy and, nego and negotiation to try to prevent the British from expanding their control over the region. He sent missionaries to, to the British uh, authorities to discuss ways of preserving the independence of sovereignty of the Sogoro Kafiat. But the British were not interested in such arrangements. Atihiro was also recognized, also recognized the importance of education in building that um, in building a strong and unified resistance movement. He established a system of Islamic schools throughout the kingdom to educate young men and women in the principles of Islam and the art of warfare. 
These schools produced a generation of leaders who were well-versed in both Islamic and military traditions and who were um, able to take up a fight against the British after Atihu's tactics. Atihu's military tactics were also innovative and effective. He used guerrilla warfare tactics to disrupt British supply lines and communication to ambush their troops. He also built fortifications around um, key cities and towns to make it more difficult for the British to conquer them. Atihu's skill as a commander and his ability to adapt to a changing to changing circumstances allowed him to remain a thorn in the side of the British for many years. Despite his the strength of his army and the success of his military campaigns, Atihiro knew that he was fighting an uphill battle against the British. He recognized that the British had far superior weapons and resources, and he knew that the only way to truly defeat them was to build a broad-based resistance movement that included all the people of the Union and region. Atihiro's efforts to build a united front against the British were ultimately unsuccessful. Capture and eventual death at the hands of the British marked the end of the era for Sokoto Kalfiat and, and, and the broader Nigerian resistance movement. Atihiru had been one of the most successful and innovative military commanders of his time, and his death was a significant blow to the morale of the resistance forces. Atihiru's capture occurred after a prolonged battle between his forces and the British. Atihiru had retreated with his army to a fortress in the town of Burmi. When he planned to regroup and continue his resistance against the British, however, the British were the British um, did captured him and um, to end his campaign once and for all. In 1903, the British launched a massive assault on the fortress, and Atihiro and his forces fought bravely, but they were ultimately overwhelmed by the superior firepower of the British. Atihiro was captured and taken prisoner, along with many of his top commanders and advisors. Atihiro's capture was a major propaganda victory for the British. They paraded him around the streets of Lagos and other Nigerian cities, presenting him as a defeated and humiliated foe. However, Atihiro refused to be broken down by this captivity. He remained defiant and resolute, inspiring his, fe inspiring his fellow prisoners and the broader Nigerian resistance movement with his courage and determination. In 1906, Atihiro and several of his top advisors were executed by the British. Their deaths were a tragic end to a long and bloody struggle for Nigerian independence. However, Atihiro's legacy lives on, inspiring generations of Nigerians to fight for their rights and freedom. Atihiro's life and legacy embodies Nigerian resistance and resilience. He was an exceptional leader, intelligent and skilled in warfare, and he remained committed to defending his kingdom against the British, even when the odds were overly, uh, were overly against him. Atihiro's bravery and unwavering, unwavering um, resolve inspired, um, inspired Nigerians, both during his lifetime and beyond, and his legacy remains a powerful symbol of hope and determination the ongoing struggle for self-determination and freedom. Atihiro's life and legacy embody Nigerian resistance and resilience. He was an exceptional leader, intelligent and skilled in warfare, who remained committed to defending his British, um, to defending this, his um, country 
and his tribe forever until his death. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed the message I have to tell and the story that this podcast just showed you guys. Um, Don't forget um, to follow me. um, And I'll see you guys next time. Um, And if you guys don't forget to leave comments down below. um, To follow me wherever you can follow me. And remember, I'm I'm trying to create better stories for Nigerians and Africans so we can stand up and create a better tomorrow for ourselves. Thank you guys so much and have a good day.